This is Music Mentality with Angie. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of Music Mentality. I'm your host, Angie, and today's guest is a wonderful man named Zach Elliott. If you're looking to unwind and de-stress, his music is what you're going to want to look for. On this episode, we talk about growth and evolution we as humans go through and how it's reflected in our art. We talk about live performances and more specifically how fans feel about music that sounds a little bit different than the original. If you're someone who tends to have a little bit of stage fright, then stick around because we also talk about stage fright and the process of preparing yourself before presenting in front of crowds. You can find Zach's music by searching his name as you see it on this episode on all major streaming platforms. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I mean, I'm good. Just chilling. Had an interview, a job interview earlier today. Now that I've nice. graduated school, I'm exploring like career fields that are available to me. Gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, but um, obviously we're here to talk about music and mental health. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to jump right into it. Um, you had mentioned that you recently decided to start actually writing music, right? For, yeah, I guess relatively recently. Yeah, in like the last two years. So is there anything yeah. that like pushed you to start writing music rather than just listening to it or I guess um, covering it? Subconsciously, I think it was something that I always wanted to do. Um, but really like when the pandemic happened and I was kind of, I kind of was just like forced to (laughs) sit with my thoughts and experiences and, um, yeah, it just kind of happened. Yeah. But how long have you been generally playing music? I've been playing music since I was eight years old. I, um, yeah, I, I remember, um, in, in grade one, uh, someone like for show and tell like played piano for the class and I was like oh that is sick I want to do that <laughs> um so pretty soon after that I, I got into piano lessons and then from that just went on from there learning honestly that's instruments. a really progressive thought for an eight-year-old like I teach piano and in my experience literally like 90 percent of my students are from parents pushing their kids to play piano rather than them choosing to play piano and um that definitely becomes a wedge later on when they're like wait a second I don't actually want to be doing this so good for you for actually choosing that for yourself because that is really really uncommon like I cannot stress that enough I started playing piano when I was four years old because I heard my sister play my older sister and naturally I was like I want to be better than you (laughs) yeah um which kind of motivation 
came from my ego <laughs> at wow. that age. I was like, I want to be, I want everyone to be look at, looking at me and doing that. <laughs> um, well, I mean, in so, this case, your ego played a really, really great role in the rest of your future. So. Like your ego when you were eight years old has played bad <laughs> effects on today. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty crazy to think about, actually. <laughs> I know, it is crazy. It's like the butterfly effect. <laughs> but um, so is there any artists, genres of music or songs specifically that have really pushed you to start? Or was it more like the pandemic happened and you're like, mm, I don't know what else to do. Let me start this new hobby. No, yeah, for sure. Um, artists like uh, Gregory Allen Isakoff, I don't know if you're familiar with him. I don't, I'm not. It's it's folk music um pretty much uh but it's uh it's kind of like a modern take on folk music whereas you know folk music like traditionally is pretty like like live instruments and um not very not like overly produced um but uh he's kind of like have has taken folk music into like the modern era with like the mm -hmm. modern production techniques that we have today um and his music was really some of the first music that i that really like made me feel things um I, ha I hadn't had too much of that, um, you know, like when a, a song like really speaks to you. Um, I hadn't really had that happen listening. Playing, playing it, it, it had always happened, but not so much listening. And um, listening to his music and it making me feel the way that it did. I can't even like describe like what the feeling is. <laughs> I don't know if it's like, it's like melancholy, but just like something that feels really deep. Uh, I, I, I don't have an accurate word for it. No, I um, get it. It's like, you got to feel it to know it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, that'd be, at first it was, that'd be incredible if I could make music that made other people feel that way. And that was kind of like the root, uh, that I made, made have thought of at one, one time and then kind of forgot about as the years went on. Um, but it's always been in there. Um, so definitely like the kind of like the folk genre and artists like Gregory Allen Isakov, The Tallest Man on Earth, uh, Field Medic, all and City in Color is a big one as well. Um, yeah, I'd say those are the kind of my main inspirations. Yeah, I find myself being inspired very easily, sometimes a little bit too easily to a fault to the point where I like wake up and I'm like, Ooh, I want to try this now. And I want to try this now. And it's really, really great. But it's also kind of like scary to think about because there's so many different things that I constantly want to be trying, but I find myself putting my favorite artists on a pedestal, which I know that yes. that's something that you resonate with. And then I end up comparing myself to my favorite artists and wanting to become them rather than be inspired by them. Yes. So how do you, since you resonate with that, how do you maneuver around that feeling where you, you kind of have to catch yourself comparing yourself and um, have to stop yourself from becoming them and rather let yourself be inspired by them? I think it's funny. I think in the pursuit of trying to like maybe become another, another artist, um, you fail and you become the artist that you are. I, I do have like my own sound and I do have like my own voice and still like in the process of discovering that yeah well, the thing is i think that like this this is like the sound that you have created for yourself as of right now is your end sound until it's not anymore you know yeah. because we're always constantly changing and evolving and discovering new music and new genres new instruments new hobbies um, because we as humans are growing, I feel like our music is constantly changing with us. I mean, look at any artist from like beginning to end. A lot of people like 
an artist's first three albums rather than their last three albums or vice versa. But like the reality is artists are constantly growing. Well, people are constantly growing and their music is growing with them. So like, I don't know if I believe in an end sound either. I feel like it is the end until it's not the end anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Like the idea that when you do kind of change your sound, potentially that um, people aren't going to like it really cared about that because I feel like when when people like you and the stuff you make it's not really like about like the genre at that point it's more just about you and there's no like taking you out of whatever you make it's true that's a very very beautiful line you're right (laughs) give me a song on its own (laughs) but it's true it's absolutely true like you can't take the you out of the music that you create because it's literally like it takes so much vulnerability to create this music so when you're putting it out there, you are very much so putting a part of yourself out there. And um, who you are is always going to be within that music, even if it's just a cover, to be totally honest, not even. Yeah, for sure. Um, Which reminds me of one of the things that you had mentioned earlier about the fact that uh, instruments play a huge role in communicating a message. So that is something that's really not discussed often. And it's something that like, I'm a beginner, very beginner singer, but I've been playing piano forever. And I know that the spotlight very often falls on vocalists rather than instrumentalists. And it's really difficult to deliver the fact that, hey, instruments actually say so much. Like one of the women that I've interviewed earlier, one of her songs, like she made sure that the drums sounded like bubbles. Like they were like very muffled to make it sound like she's drowning. And like, that is what those drums have communicated. And that's so powerful to know that like the dynamic that you play your music in or like the way that you hit certain notes and like what you feel, what resonates from those notes is something that tells a story on its own. So would you say that any one of your songs tell a story more than the other simply through their instrument instruments not necessarily through the lyrics i mean i think i think it's something i always try to accomplish i've done a lot of like reading uh, about like the other philosophies of other songwriters uh, i had this big book of and that's all it was was just interviews with uh with songwriters like neil young um david bird from uh, the talking heads paul simon like donovan literally name name the songwriter and it's in that book and um, I, w- I felt drawn and really connected to like the uh, the stories of people saying, well, it's one thing for like the lyric to say something, but also the way the words sound, regardless of what the definition of those words are, just the way they flow and just how just how they sound singing in the melody, like that can communicate more than like like the like the informational value of the of the words yeah i mean that's really interesting i watched a video yesterday about how um this is like about tattoos instead of music but basically um where you put a tattoo on your body is basically like even if it's a random tattoo you'll realize later on in your life that there's actually a message behind why you chose that specific tattoo on your body and it was a subconscious message and you don't realize it until potentially later on, or maybe you realize it in the moment, but there's always a deeper meaning, even if it's just a random tattoo. So it's kind of the same thing with music where it's like, it could sound random. It could be chosen at quote unquote random, but it's not necessarily random. And you might think of it later on. Like, like, I mean, I, again, I interviewed someone who wrote a song who that they didn't really like it anymore. They're like, whatever. It's just like, 
a whatever song. But then later in life, they listen back to that song. And they're like, wait a second, this completely means something else to me now. So there's always like so much intention and meaning behind the words that we put down, the instruments that we choose, the dynamics that we choose, the texture, like everything comes down to like the sum of intention. And mm-hmm. that's so beautiful because I mean, your music is a part of you and it's a part of the, it, it's a part of who you know of yourself and who you don't know of yourself and who, who you have yet to find out. So when it comes to in limbo, I would love to hear more about the instruments that you chose, why you chose them, how you created it and what inspired it. Yeah. Um... So in limbo as it stands right now on streaming platforms is just guitar and vocal. Um, because I've I've made a lot of weird decisions. Uh, for this EP that I I did, um, I was very hung up on not wanting to overproduce it because I wanted to be able to replicate it like really accurately live. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then and since then I've realized like people kind of want the live version to be different than the recording. Um, otherwise they would just stay home and listen to it. <laughs> um, so um, I don't know if I entirely agree. There's like another element to listening to live music and it's just the, even if it's the exact same, it's the idea that like, you know, I don't know. I literally feel it in my body when I listen yeah. to live. It's like a completely different experience. You're like mm-hmm. more enveloped and immersed in the song rather than just hearing it in your ears. You get the full body experience, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Because you get the speakers and you get like a real bass response. And that's like, that's what you really feel is it's all that bass vibrating through your body. Yeah. Um, no, I think, yeah, you're right. Um I guess just yeah just with my thought with that was um just try to for whatever reason try to be able to like copy and paste those performances like as if when you compare the ep and the live version they're not super different um which is why it's so minimal uh and then i think really a lot of like the inspiration for that song came with like kind of what i was going through at the time um it's very like uh kind of abstract wording and uh again like not super making sense <laughs> at face Would you value comfortable sharing with what you were going through that inspired the song yeah um so i was uh kind of processing uh like the end of a pretty unhealthy relationship that i was in at the time um and i was going through that like early covid as well so just a whole bunch of things like compound and it started with uh, with the guitar. Most of my songs start on guitar, um, and really just like it's it's weird when I write. Sometimes it's like uh, almost trying to like hear words in like whatever melody I can hum along with the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, so that song is pretty much just that. It's just uh, words that I thought kind of like fit in with like the melody. So there's a lot about. Uh, kind of like being lonely and uh, some depression in there. <laughs> the first verse is pretty much depression. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I feel like going back to the reason you chose guitar and vocals alone is, I mean, this is my two cents, obviously. I don't know. I'm not the creator of the song, but it sounds like you know, when we're feeling depressed and we're going through these hardships, we feel very vulnerable and 
we feel stripped of our version of who we thought we were and what we thought we could handle or who we thought the other person is. And these negative emotions um, start to consume you and again, strip you down. So I feel like that feeling of nakedness and that vulnerability really, really is portrayed through the fact that it's just vocals and a guitar because I mean, it's almost like being left to your vices and that's it, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely true. Because like I can kind of produce, but like I also like didn't want to just like try producing it and be garbage. <laughs> um, I, I've heard that uh, if you're making a demo, do it like super raw and not very edited or pretty much have a finished recording. Um, so I went the, the, the former of, of the two. <laughs> So would you try producing now? I would. I don't think I would do it myself, though. Uh, I, I know what I'm good at. <laughs> well, I mean, we're all bad until we're good. We all start somewhere, right? I'm pretty sure when you were eight years old and you first started guitar, you weren't an expert yet. <laughs> I I didn't start guitar until I was 17, actually. <laughs> oh, 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 I, I thought piano oh, when I was piano, eight. That was piano, yeah. yes. So do you write a lot of your music collaboratively or is it usually just on your own? I usually write by myself. I have started co-writing lately. So I feel like if I want, I can be more vulnerable, vulnerable in my writing when I'm um, writing by myself. I find a lot in um, co-writing situations. Um, I'm playing like the role of the therapist and I'm, I'm helping them with their idea and trying to get more out of their idea. Um, mm -hmm. So I've been very lucky to be, to work with like people that are, willing to be open and um and share like intentions behind the song and really talk in detail about it um i don't know if maybe maybe i'm just not ready to play the other side of that yet or i haven't met anyone that i'd be comfortable to, to play that side no of that's yet. totally valid it's, again vulnerability it's hard it's freaking hard even me like i write music with my best friends and it's still it can get really difficult to fully express an idea because even if you don't realize it, there is that subconscious um, effect on you knowing that someone else is listening and like contributing to the ideas and you're like, you want to provide a space for them as well. So it can get really difficult, but if there's anything you've learned from collaborating, what would it be? Hmm. Uh, don't be afraid to say like no to an idea because, mm -hmm. um, and, and even being kind of unreserved in your ideas. Um, it's almost like throwing, I don't know what the term is, throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks, that kind of thing. Um, because like the really beautiful thing that can happen when you're co-writing and you're throwing ideas out there is you might throw out a really stupid idea. <laughs> um, but what that does is trigger another train of thought and that becomes a really good idea. And that happens all the time in co-writes. And it's, it's like, a, it's a fun adventure. <laughs> It is. It's a difficult one, though, because yeah. that does mean, again, like putting your ideas to the side. And let's face it, like if you're a writer of music, you know that sometimes you have an idea and you really, really want to stick to that idea. Like I remember when I was in high school doing slam poetry, I had like I had written a poem that was based on these like three lines that I was just obsessed with. Like they were like, I was like, I'm a genius. These lines are perfect. And then my English teacher, just like, who was also the leader of the poetry club, she was like, nope, trash. Like, this is too cheesy. I, I don't like, this is, this is not it. And everyone on the team was like, yeah, you can do better. And I was like, what? 
it. Like, I'm insulted. This is terrible. Like, I don't want to take them out. I'm too in love with these ideas. But when you've pushed yourself to maybe at least put those ideas on hold and force yourself to um, elaborate on other ideas and let yourself ponder another thought or even entirely change the meaning of a song or a poem or something, something beautiful can happen. And that wouldn't have happened if you allowed yourself to be, to take a step back and listen both to yourself and your team, which again, listening is a really, really difficult thing. And I feel like it's a skill that we aren't often taught. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's hard to teach listening, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something I'm still learning. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a great listener sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I feel like it's a work in progress for everyone because everyone wants to speak. And I feel like our society has really created this environment where there might not be or might not feel like there's space for everyone to speak and it's very dependent on the other person to allow that space so we kind of like force ourselves to create that space to speak and then we end up like forgetting to listen to each other but that's the beauty of music the fact that we listen to music and we're inspired and we create art from what we listen to and when I say listen I mean like truly indulge in the lyrics and the instruments and stuff you know yeah that's it's funny you bring that up that's why i really love vinyl is because you throw it on the platter and you have the artwork and then you have the insert that has all the lyrics for every song on it and you sit there with the music and you read along with the lyrics look at the pictures but that's like the entire experience is 
for the purpose of absorbing that music, which is what I super love about vinyl. Um, it's really easy if you're listening to music on your phone to just open Instagram or, you know, Google something. Um, but when you like set aside the intention of I'm going to sit down and listen to this record um, and really try to like try to hear it out um, and let it let it communicate what it's trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll never hear the same song the same way. Yeah. You'll never hear is that, that makes sense? It does. No, that yeah. reminds me. That's literally one of my favorite quotes that I learned in philosophy was a man never steps into the same river twice. And um, the message behind that quote is that a river is always flowing. It's always changing. Like if you step into a river once and then take your foot out and step in it again, like three seconds later, the water would have already passed the sand is already different there's like all these minor changes that we might not necessarily realize but it's not the same river anymore and same mm-hmm. thing goes for humans like we are constantly evolving and changing without us even realizing it and the way that we hear a song one time and then repeat it another time is completely different like i sometimes if i fall in love with a song which happens way too often that if I fall in love with the song, I end up listening to it like five times, once for the instruments, once for the lyrics, once for the way the lyric, the lyric sounds, once for like how it sounds all together. And then finally, like for the production of it. And it's every single time you listen to a song, it's so different, especially, especially, especially when you're able to either resonate with the lyrics or like resonate them in a different way because they start to apply to your life in a different way or the instruments. Mm not just the lyrics instruments right (laughs) (laughs) um and again i feel like instruments are not talked about enough like we're always talking about lyrics and vocals but we don't talk about instruments enough and it's funny because growing up playing piano i was like i there is a degree of vulnerability when it comes to playing an instrument I was like afraid to move my body when I play piano or like i was embarrassed by the faces i might make when i play piano and all of those things contribute to vulnerability and what you're feeling in the moment. Like when you're playing these low, angry notes, you're really um, taking on those angry feelings and projecting them onto the piano. So, or any other instrument, in my case, it's piano. So it's really, really beautiful what instruments can do, eh? <laughs> it's amazing, yeah. Um, I still feel, even though I'm a singer-songwriter, I feel the most expressive on the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, it's not that I'm like super good at it or anything. Just whatever emotional release you you get um, through music, I find the strongest when I'm playing guitar. It it almost like doesn't matter what I'm singing. It's it's even like the instrument of the voice, like not necessarily the words, but like the actual sound that you're creating um, with your voice. That um, can also do that for me. Mm. Um, and then there's the really special moments when you're singing something lyrically that is is really meaningful and you're singing it in a way that um instrumentally um uh, really resonates with you and those are those are like some of the golden moments that i'm chasing at least yeah that reminds me of when i took a music of the movies class in university um one of the things that we learned about or one of the things that we explored is how a very tragic moment sometimes or a very scary moment is accompanied with very happy music and it's like such a contrast there and it creates such an effect of its own so sometimes we listen to really really depressing music but it's played in such a happy major way and we don't even realize it's depressing until like we really listen to the instruments and the lyrics of the song and we're like wow that is sad why is it played in such a happy way 
So why do you think people do that? I think there's all sorts of nuances when you create that kind of uh, dissonance between the lyric and the vocal. Um, I think it adds another layer of um, interpretation, which I think is super important. Um, uh, and it's kind of why I like writing um, in a kind of vague way is um, it can be interpreted in so many different ways, mm -hmm. um, which I think is really special for the listener. Um, because I know I've had people like tell me what, what a song I wrote has meant to them. And I'm like, well, I definitely didn't write it that way, but I'm glad that that's what you experienced from it. Um, and it's really cool that you experienced it in that way and um, interpreted it that way. For me, at least, when I listen to happy music that is layered with sad lyrics, it's almost like representative of that happy mask we might wear and what we feel inside in the meantime. So like we might be putting on a smile and feeling very happy going out and drinking and being with friends or whatever. But meanwhile, we're actually like really sad on the inside and it's like, ha ha ha, I want to die. Ha 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 ha, you know, like yeah. covering it up with these happy feelings. Meanwhile, it's not happy at all. So I really resonate with some of that music because it's, it's interesting. It's like very representative and all it takes is the way something is sung or played as opposed to what is being said um are any of your songs like that where there's like a wild contrast <laughs> because i i wouldn't say i write sad stuff i write pretty melancholy stuff um so i think sometimes melancholy can can be interpreted as happy in some instances no that's valid so how often would you say you do you ever have to push yourself to sit down or write or is it usually just whenever you have a muse and a moment you just go ahead and seize it like i said i love playing guitar so I, I i usually just will be playing guitar and um because i feel like i have to have a really good guitar melody for me to want to write a song <laughs> so it's uh, i spend a lot of time trying to trying to find those melodies um and then when i when i think i got something that i like it goes into the voice memos um and then uh, kind of cross-reference the voice memos I have with like any, I have a, a notes, um, a note in my phone with just phrases or words that I find interesting. I'm sure that's a very uh, <laughs> relatable note to have. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I find sometimes when I'm going through burnout or writer's block or something, I, I mean, today I wrote a song about making eggs. So I feel like when we're inspired by daily trivial things and we write music about something so little, we begin to romanticize our lives. And that on its own gives us so much inspiration to write more music and to be immersed in art, even though it's just something like a painting and, and miss perceiving that painting or making eggs or something so I think that's a really really good way to deal with burnout especially when burnout begins to feel like laziness and I don't think burnout and laziness are the same thing at all but sometimes that's something I need to internalize <laughs> yeah sometimes they feel the same way and I'm definitely guilty of being like man I've been lazy meanwhile it's because I just like overworked myself like crazy and we need rest and I mean we've been conditioned over and over to by societal expectations to perceive um rest as laziness 
but it's not the same thing. So when you're feeling lazy, quote unquote, but you're actually feeling burnt out, how do you maneuver around that? Uh, it's really just taking it one day at a time <laughs> and, and kind of uh, being able to like zoom out and see things that I've, I've done and that warrant rest mm -hmm. and, and, and recognizing um, that I did work and that it, work takes energy out of you and you need to rest after you work. Um, for example, last night I just, I put on a show last night, which is my, why my voice is a little gravelly today. Um, uh, and I, it was like, I put it all on my shoulders. I like set it, set the whole thing up, put the bill together, um, and like organized it all. Um, and then played the show. And then, uh, this morning, like, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I really feel like I like accomplished something and I feel, feel like I worked and I feel like I deserve to just like do nothing today. Maybe roll some coins, but I feel, <laughs> feel like I, I don't feel like I need to work today, I guess. That's really good. That is yeah. a really, really, really difficult thing to embody because again, people nowadays way overwork themselves and rest is more than just sleeping. Rest is giving yourself the time to recharge, mm -hmm. um, whatever that might mean to each individual personally. So what does rest mean to you? Rest means no social interaction at all. Oh. Um, <laughs> Sorry to yeah. hinder your rest today. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. This is great. This is this is good recharging uh, conversation. But in terms of performing, have you been performing for a long time? No, um, I've been performing for probably around uh, a year or so. Um, yeah, not very long at all. Um, I love it though. It's a lot of fun. Any meaningful situation when I've gone on stage and come off stage, I've never regretted it. Mm. It's always been a overwhelmingly positive experience like borderline spiritual <laughs> um yeah so i think it is really it's really just a fear thing um because i think at the end of the day like it doesn't really matter if, if someone thinks i'm a fool people have made a career off of, like being playing the fool so that's a great way to think of it that's very true someone's got to do it <laughs> it's a great way to think of it it's hard to <laughs> actualize and Oh, it's true. It's definitely yeah. very true. I mean, I love talking in front of crowds and talking to people, but I remember I was once performing a poem on my own and I had like the biggest panic attack before I went on stage and I was like shaking and I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And then I go up there and I have, I just like, personally, I step into another character. I'm like, okay, like let's zip up this like caught, like confident costume and go up there and pretend that you're not nervous and you're not scared and like that idea of pretending goes a really long way and I mean we honestly see it in actors all the time when actors pretend to or when actors play a role they almost begin to embody that role and they become very depressed or very happy or whatever it is that they're embodying and that is a huge driving factor to many of their decisions outside of their acting world so I guess like just acknowledging hey what would I feel like if I wasn't scared or what would I feel like if I was confident personally helps me a lot uh, performing can be scary but performing is also really really fun and interesting especially when you push yourself to do it and it's like exhilarating honestly it's that adrenaline that yeah keeps a lot of people going that that adrenaline is something else 
uh, something that really helps me um, with like pre-show jitters or just like any kind of like anxiety towards um, an event like like a performance or something like that. Um, what I've started doing as soon as I start to feel like maybe two or three days before uh, the event, as soon as I start to feel that that anxiety, I try to frame it as ex as excitement. Mm -hmm. And that I I tried that for this event that happened last night and it worked. Um, because I got on stage and I was so excited. I was like not scared. I was excited. Um, and I think also part of that is um, just knowing that you're prepared. I was going up there and playing my own songs. So it's like I, they're my songs. So even if I mess them up, it's my songs and you can't say I messed up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very, and, very true. Yeah. That's just the, the way this is just the form the song took tonight. You have that's not my problem anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that's a a huge tool um, that I've gotten better and better at using is framing anxiety as excitement. Yeah, um, yeah, it helps a lot. It's funny that you mentioned that because during that panic attack before I went up on the stage, um, someone had told me that nervousness and excitement is the exact same feeling biologically, and it's true. So um, when we're feeling really anxious, the best next step isn't to deescalate completely and try to not feel anxious. It's to feel excited, then happy, and then calm. So it's a very, very much so step-by-step -step process. And it's because, again, like the only thing that defers nervousness and excitement is context. And context is very much so made up in our mind. Like it's the way we perceive things. It goes back to perception. So um it's very interesting that you put it in a way where it's like, yeah, it's my song, you know, whatever form it takes place is the way it takes place because then you get really excited. And honestly, that idea that nervousness and excitement are the same thing has helped me through like every exam throughout my university career. Like I remember hanging out with my friends and literally be like, oh God, I have an exam tomorrow. I'm so excited to write this exam. And they're like, what? I wish I had that kind of I, that I wish I had the insight I have now back when I was running exams because I definitely did not have the same. <laughs> it helps a lot, but it's a lot of practice and a lot of repetition. At first, you got to force it and you got to like consciously tell yourself, okay, I am excited. I'm not nervous. And then eventually just becomes internalized as anything else. And I think that's what's really important to make sure that the things that we're repeating are things that we're okay with internalizing. Mm -hmm. And that's really difficult, especially when we're going through difficult moments like anxiety, like depression, like any mental health struggle. It's really difficult to reframe it in your mind. And sometimes it can lead to toxic positivity. And I mention toxic positivity all the time because I don't like it. But um, it's a fine line between reframing and then pushing yourself to be positive when you shouldn't be, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but with that being said, time just like blew by yeah do you have anything else to add before we wrap up um i don't think i don't think so i think we've gone through enough brain uh tunnels um <laughs> thanks for having me on this was awesome of course i really enjoyed hearing what you have to say and i really can't wait to watch you continue grow and like follow your music because you really do have a beautiful voice and oh, i really like listening to it oh, i appreciate that thank you very much <laughs> all right have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thanks very much. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you're an artist and you've got a story to share with a passion for music, please do reach out. Whether you're just starting out or you've been in the music industry for years, I would love to hear your story. Follow me on Instagram through my handle at Music Mentality with Angie. Or email me at musicmentalitywithangie at gmail.com. Finally, a huge shout out and thank you to the amazing editor behind these episodes, Aileen Tamer. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time.